right, welcome back to The Prospecting Show. Today is July 29th, and we have Buddy Hobart on the call. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kind of to start things off, everybody who listens to the show knows there's really three parts, the past, the present, and the future um, when it comes to talking about you and your businesses. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got to where you're at today. Give me the backstory. Where did you start and what kind of events happened to lead you to where you are today? Uh, Well, I uh, actually started right out of college uh, in sales. So I worked for Xerox for a couple of years uh, in the early 80s. And then as the other kind of manufacturers were catching up to Xerox, there were some smaller firms that were looking to hire young, uh, experienced Xerox sales folks. So they hired me away. Uh, I ran the, their major cons, uh, group and then I ended up becoming the, the general manager. And the interesting thing that happened when I became the general manager was I was almost instantly embarrassed with myself on kind of the way I looked at leadership and, and looked at things. And that might need a little bit of explanation, but, but I was the sales guy. So when you know, 80% or 90% of the resources were funneled to the sales department. I thought that made perfect sense. Um, you know, nothing happens until a sale is made, that that kind of an adage. But, but when I became the general manager, I then was in charge of everybody, sales, service, administration, everybody. And and it, it was an embarrassment to see that, that 90% of the resources were going to, in essence, 15% of the population. And and, and now that everybody was a teammate across all of the disciplines, I didn't like the way I had advocated for things in the past. So I made a few shifts. Uh, we started to empower our employees. We started to collaborate more. We started to drive different initiatives. And, and while sales grew significantly, profits grew almost overwhelmingly. And, and then I began to realize, in addition to selling, I really enjoyed that leadership journey and I really enjoyed that kind of organizational development. So on my 35th birthday, uh, after the best sales year I ever had, I quit and I started Solutions 21. <laughs> and that's always a good story too, right? I think I've, I've met probably 15, maybe 20 people through the podcast here. And that same kind of story of Hey, I went up the ranks. I learned what it was to do sales. I learned how to manage people. And then I built a company on my own, right? That's like the the story that I hear regularly. So in in your mind, what was the thing that pushed you over the edge, right? You talked a little bit about some of the, these management pieces that you're like, "Mm, I don't know if that's right, but what pushed you into your own role to have your own company? Watching people grow. I, it, it was, it was, um, um, very exciting. It was very, I, I, I realized I had a passion for that. And, and I realized that, that sales was, was, it was great. I enjoy, I still enjoy it. I enjoy the interaction with folks, but, but I think the passion in watching people and organizations grow and achieve their potential is what pushed me over the edge. And, and I realized that in my current situation, I had, um, kind of done what I could do in, in that role in, in Pittsburgh. So I decided I wanted to do it in a bigger role across the country and around the world. Yeah, and, and, and that really comes down to vision, right? I think at the end of the day, you're, you're talking, you see the limitations, you know how to address the limitations and you're gonna achieve greatness because of it, right? In, in your mind, when you started off, 
what was the hardest thing for you to do when you when you kind of got going? What was the hardest step or the thing you had to do each day or each week or month to get that new business going? Well, I, I think the beginnings were to convince a marketplace that I was only 35 years old and to convince a marketplace that we had some knowledge to impart on them when there was a sense of looking at the industry that I came from, like, you know, you sold office equipment. What do you know about banking or, or, or the legal industry or the medical industry or pharmaceutical? I mean, we work now across every discipline you might be able to imagine. But, but back in the day, you know, people always tend to feel that their business is special and that you can't possibly understand the challenges we have if you've not been in our industry. So that was probably the hardest thing we had to break down early on. Yeah, and, and in your mind, you know, as you start to build the company, right? As you started to build up over time, build up the business, have people on your team, what do you think made you successful specifically? I think you said it the last part was the team. Uh, the, our first employee is still with us, I am very proud to say, um, you know, with some fits and starts on, on beginning to understand what um, is needed to do what we do. And we'll talk about that in a second about the present. Um, I think it was putting together the team that we have put together. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's a, becoming more of a big thing where people are talking about culture, team fit, the people you work with every day, and it's less important about like where you work, right? With everything going on with coronavirus and, and businesses closing down and people relocating and working from home, I think businesses are starting to realize like it really comes down to the people that you work with, both the customers and the internal people. You know, what are some of the things that you have seen as a very important strength in the people that you've hired on your team? A, a number of things. So as we look at your your uh, setup to the show, you know, the past, present and future. So we had written a few books on how to attract and retain talent. And we wrote the first one in 2008. I'm kind of proud and humbled to say we wrote one in 08 and then we wrote we updated it uh, four or five years ago. Both of them have sold out and we became a bit of a pioneer in the concept of next generational leadership and how do you attract and retain the best talent and by the way as a sidebar i actually believe that small to medium-sized businesses have as good if not a greater opportunity to attract the best talent on earth that that years ago was kind of held for the fortune 500 i don't think that's the case anymore but but getting back on point we were one of the first people to advocate for the newest generations. And so that made us a bit of a pioneer because 10, 15 years ago, people were beating up on the next generations, on millennials and now Gen Z, but we were advocating for them. So um, I think that our positioning there and then what we looked for in people were actual leaders. So we do next generation leadership development and what sets us apart is that the folks on our team are practitioners. These are folks who actually have led things and led things and organizations of consequence. They're not, we have all the degrees, if you wanna see anybody's degrees, we got them all, but that's not what sets us apart. That's not our value proposition. Our value proposition is the person that we have developing your 
future leaders and coaching your future leaders have a very serious resume in leadership themselves. So these are practitioners, not kind of academics. They, they, they can talk the talk and they can walk the walk. Yeah, and I think that's critical, right? There's a lot of business coaches, business consultants, people that are in that space that all they do is the consulting side, but they haven't done the actual work themselves. I think it's interesting. You guys have looked for that in your team to make sure it's like, hey, we're actually walking the walk and talking the talk. We're doing the things that we're telling you to do. And I think that's 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 super interesting because our other company, we have the Prospecting Show, which is our podcast, but we have another company called Syntax. And really what we specialize in there is B2B lead generation. And it's funny because we, we walk the walk and talk the talk. What we tell our clients to do, we actually do ourselves. And I'm sure that's exactly how you run your organization is that you guys actually do the things that you coach other people through. In your mind, what makes a good leader? Well, that, that that's one of the those $64,000 questions. I think it depends upon um, the, the situation that you need to lead through. But I will tell you this is the age old adage of are leaders made or are they born? Uh, all of the research that I have, and we've done some significant interactions with um, like the US Army War College and with uh, some senior leaders in the military across the country and around the world. What our great military believes is that leaders can be made and that you don't come out of your mother's womb having all of the leadership characteristics that you need to have. You can learn them. And so that's the track that we take is that if people are willing to do the hard work and, and, and do the courageous things that leaders do, you can actually make and teach leaders. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely true, right? At the end of the day, there's a lot of people who will talk about where they went to school or what kind of education they had or what kind of background they grew up with. And at the end of the day, it really just comes down to like, are you willing to put in the work and the effort and put all that energy into the right spot? And I think at the end of the day, your point's 100% valid in the fact that you can build leaders. If you do something every single day to build towards your goal, you will get better at that particular thing. And the way that we know that is you go take somebody who's never played golf and have them go hit a few golf balls and see how that goes for them, right? That's probably one of the most difficult sports out there. They do it 10,000 times, all of a sudden they're somewhat better than they were when they started. Same thing's true of leadership, right? Anything in the business world, you do it enough times, you get better and better and better over time. So my kind of question to you is, is there a way to cut the learning curve with leadership? Well, that, I, I think the, the reality is, is kind of what you said about um, the golf analogy is, is creating muscle memory. So one of the other things and what makes us a bit different is we do not in any way, shape or form believe that that leadership is an event. So in the 20th century, so the, I, the, the latest book that I've written is gonna, going to be out here in August. And the, uh, the premise, uh, the book is called The Leadership Decade because we believe this next decade is going to be uh, a real inflection point. And, and by that, demographics, pushing different generations into leadership positions. And those things happen like your golf analogy by building muscle memory and having reps. You cannot send someone to a three, four, five, 10, heck, 30 day seminar and, and expect them to have gained that muscle memory. It needs to be 
uh, classroom and need, they need to have their own coach, they need to study game film. They Using your golf analogy is a perfect analogy. You're, you're not going to be a good golfer after hitting a bucket of balls. And yet in the 20th century, organizations sent people to like a leadership training seminar for two days. Then they checked the box that we've developed leadership. And that's, that couldn't be farther from the truth. So the way that we do things is we, we take a process of helping this next generation of leadership, study their leadership characteristics, understand their game film. Um, we do have the, the training days uh, that are spaced out. Uh, they have their own individual coach. They have their own learning center where they can learn some things uh, individually. So it really is about building that muscle memory that your golf analogy is a perfect kind of example of that you're never going to do it hitting a bucket of balls you need to get reps you need to build muscle memory yeah no and i and i couldn't agree more with you that's super important to to be able to for people to understand that because the expectations get unrealistic if they don't understand the process that people need to go through to be successful so in your mind, we talked a little bit about the past and how you got to where you are. We talked a little bit about what you guys are doing currently. What do you see you and your company doing over the next five to 10 years as you continue to grow? Well, I think there's a, um, this, this inflection point. So as I was researching the book and uh, we do have it written for the current set of circumstances. So we did actually uh, do a stop the presses. We pulled it back and we aligned it to what the current situation is with the, the global pandemic and what leaders need to be aware of here at the moment. And so in the future, what I believe organizations have to focus on is that the what was historically the predominant generation of business owners, leaders, uh, the, the folks who had the most wealth happened to be my generation of baby boomers that the uh, youngest was born in 1964. So in nine short years, every baby boomer is going to have turned 65. So I think the world needs to get a deep understanding that we have reached this inflection point that we were going to reach anyway regardless of this pandemic. The pandemic, in my opinion, threw a light on the issue versus it kind of being a gradual kind of dawning where people would begin to realize that baby boomers are all marching to retirement and we don't have enough Gen Xers to replace them. And, and what do we do? I think we've had two or three years where now we don't. Now it's instantaneous. And, and I believe that over the next five or 10 years, we're gonna be uniquely positioned to help businesses develop that next generation of leaders to drive their business. And by the way, to drive um, ROI and shareholder value, because I can prove to people, there's no greater ROI than investing in leadership, four to 50X by the way, so I believe over the next five or 10 years, we'll be uniquely positioned to help organizations develop this next generation of leadership because we baby boomers simply are not gonna live or work forever. And what's about to happen from the handoff is not my opinion, it's a demographic certainty. 
Yeah, and, and I think you're right, right? Timing is one of those things we can't control, right? Like there's there's a there's a certain endpoint to where people, as they continue to age and the generations change, we can we can start having a, a, a different result and have to pass the torch, kind of. So you know, for for the people who end up listening to this and are kind of interested in leadership development and, and kind of building as they transition their companies, what's the best way for them to to reach you and engage with you? Well, the, the, our, our website, solutions21.com, certainly can go in there and dig out some some additional information and, and be able to reach out to us. Um, our phone number is 412-921-2171. Feel free to call, leave us a message, happy to get back to you. When the book comes out, it will have a its, its website, theleadershipdecade.com. So I think you could learn more there as well. I would drive you to the Solutions 21 website because I think there are some things where if you wanted to know more just for your own edification, um, there's some blogs, there's some white papers, things like that, that I think leaders who want to get better will find very, very interesting and very helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think with your experience, right, and your team's experience, you've gone through multiple industries, multiple phases, multiple different groups and, and kind of systems you put together. Um, I think it's very valuable for people to understand that the people you learn from need to have experience in the field that you're trying to learn, right? And and with you guys, you're so diverse and you have so many skill sets that I think it's a great opportunity for other organizations to learn from you. So, uh, you know, for anyone who's, who ends up listening to this, uh, you know, definitely reach out and, and try to start that conversation early. I know the world's changing quite a bit here uh, with COVID. And, and to your point before, um, we've really put a light on the problems that already existed. I don't think that there's necessarily more problems than there were before, but we definitely put a light on that. And I think in these circumstances now, the key is going to be how can people adapt and pivot and learn from what's happened so that they don't make the same mistakes in the future. So, you know, at, at a high level, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk about leadership and, and your background and kind of what you guys are doing. And, and I really value your insight. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you having me. And if I could add one last thing, I think it absolutely go for it. It links to the point you made is that time is not on a business's side right now. You know, the the to your point, the the challenge is kind of expose weaknesses. And and if you're feeling a crunch of of leadership or or the right direction or your next generation of leaders making the right decisions, this that this is only exposes that. That was there before this. And in the 20th century, business owners thought time was on their side. And if, if the uh, pandemic has taught us anything, it's that the speed of change is simply beyond anything that's ever been experienced, probably in the history of mankind. So if you want to be competitive and you want to uh, grow your business and you want to come out of this on the other side of this pandemic, bigger, faster, stronger, better, please understand time's not on your side and start now developing that next generation of leaders. Yeah, no, couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much for kind of breaking that down. And, and for the people that end up listening that are, that are trying to understand where things are going, you hit the nail right on the head. Thank you for coming on the show. And for the people who listen, we're going to release this uh, for a special event that's coming up uh, here for you guys in, in about two weeks. So we're going to release this episode after that event has happened. And uh, in, in pre-roll, we'll actually read out what, what has happened with your guys' business because there's something special coming up. And we will uh, let the listeners hear about that then. 
Thank really, you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much.